Welcome to Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. I'm Anna Cheney, and I am the owner and founder of Life's Harmony Coaching. And I came upon that journey because I believe that we all have a story and that brings us face to face with our calling or our life's work. About two years ago, I became a life coach and now I'm beginning to tell my story. Mm -hmm. Did you say you think everybody has a purpose like that? I believe that we all have a story to tell and that that brings us face to face with the calling of our life's work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And what have you gone through that brought you to this? Well, my calling began many years ago as just a leader and a mentor. But over the last six years, I'd have to say encompassed it. I faced many extremely difficult life circumstances that challenged me and really constructively molded who I am today. So what I realized is through these difficult times of these last six years, I had become what I call a master pivoter. And that is because instead of getting to the core issues or the challenges that were happening in my life and to seek really what was really happening, I learned to pivot, which helped me stay being successful. Pivoting can be amazing. It can help support short-term forward progress in maintaining goals and can help you keep oriented focus. But being a lifelong pivoter can be very destructive and it can lead to serious problems. So I discovered over the last six years that I've been hiding and avoiding some core life issues that I refer to a season of stuffing and stacking. (laughs) And we stuff the problem so deep that we don't even recognize it. And we stack the next priority on top of our already overburdened shoulders, and we press forward, right? So if you've ever thought, I just have to keep moving, and maybe it'll get better. When we do that, we can really say we're master now stuffers and stackers. So I'm sure most of us can say, yeah, I'm that too. But what happens is that over long term, you may be able to look great on the outside to people. And I was, my career was succeeding. I helped people. I made things look easy to the world and to my family. I even looked like I was thriving. But um, during those six years, it became evident to me that I was losing my own internal battle, both inwardly and even outwardly, gaining 50 pounds, just being sickly, emotionally stressed all the time, never being able to shut my Mm -hmm. brain down, just had so many physical elements come upon me. And with that pivoting and that stuffing and stacking, our bodies always keep score. And that facade that we've created will start to crumble. So these constant aches and pains, I had fractures, other physical concerns, I had to have joint replacements, was my body's way of begging for some attention. So even though it seemed I had kept it all together all around me, there was one vital unresolved issue that was 
still very aware of. And that was this life draining, joy robbing burden in my life was my very own self-abandonment. So I was so busy being a helper to so many and losing my identity that I started abandoning myself. I realized that I really needed to take control of my life. At the time, I was taking care of my ailing parents. My health was falling apart. Some of my businesses had super highs, super lows. And I just really felt like it was one sucker punch after another. And as fast as I could pivot, something else was coming up. And I kept just thinking, keep going, keep going, keep going. But in the midst, I was a train wreck. What was your body keeping the score about? Not trusting my instincts, which led me to people pleasing, perfectionism. I was carrying a heavy load, taking on my parents. They had tons of medical issues. In the first three months we had them, we had five 911 calls and six hospital stays. Mm. And in between that time, there was a lot of illnesses, almost to the point where we almost had like post-traumatic stress even going to bed at night because we didn't know what we were going to be awoken to. And so trusting my instincts was that I was second-guessing myself and overthinking every little situation with them. People pleasing by not letting people know how I was really feeling and how overburdened I was and overwhelmed I was. I just wanted to please them that I was doing a good job. And I'm the youngest of eight. And so I was the only one that was available to take care of my parents. And I wanted my siblings to cheer me on and be really proud of me. Being the youngest of eight and the baby, you sometimes feel like you got the short end of the stick for acknowledgement. So I think I really was stuck there. And then perfectionism is, of course, I wanted to do it super well, be like the superstar caregiver. And I did that, not just those things, not trusting my instincts, people pleasing and perfectionism. I didn't just do that in the caregiving of my parents. I did that in around my children, my grandchildren, my husband, my careers, everything. It was kind of a driving force, which then I ended up attracting codependent relationships where I was always focusing the needs out on others and their problems and neglecting myself. Those were some attributes to self-abandonment, but I also needed to deal with sexual child abuse that I had never dealt with, that I subconsciously had just suppressed, which was really traumatic to come out of, to finally acknowledge that all those thoughts and flashes I was seeing were true. When you're holding on to that emotional, physical trauma and always second guessing who you are. And so coming out of that and dealing with that and not believing the lies or the shame and the guilt, thinking it's you that you did something wrong. I didn't even know that that was under the service until I started peeling away the layers of me getting to the core issues on why I had started this abandonment. I probably started abandonment way earlier in my life, but it just became super evident six years ago. I was sexually abused as a child. And when I started finally talking about it, I think I was 51 and I'm 55. I remember somebody saying to me, I believe you. And I didn't realize how much I needed to hear that because I knew it was true. But because I was so young and nobody talked about it, I didn't really believe me, even though I knew it was true. 
I even have siblings to confirm and I still needed to hear that. I just know how powerful that can be and how much your body holds on to that kind of trauma. I was pushing away uncomfortable feelings through denial. And when I say I gained 50 pounds, it's because you can use mood altering substances or avoidance or other types of addiction. And my addiction was not eating healthy. Typically, that means that you feel so out of control in your life, but you don't know how to deal with it. So you have to have some way to bring it back in. And for some of us, it's food. Mm -hmm. So have you found a way to, I'm going to say forgive, though I don't think you need forgiving, but have you found a way to forgive and love yourself? Are those the words? Yes. And I have been able to forgive and love the people that harmed me as well. Mm -hmm. And that has been a real big part to my healing is to let it go. I mean, the best way to transformation, one of the key components is let it go. So if you continue to be the victim of the victimization that's happened to you, then you're not letting go and you will never transform. I definitely think that. How do you help somebody or can you help somebody who only knows how to be a victim? It's their story and it's what they're familiar with. If I can be the victim and, you know, I was sexually abused and my mother died young and all those things. And without those things, who am I? How do you help people like find freedom with that? Can you? I believe you can. Just helping them see what their desired state in life is. Like, what do they want out of life? What would having that do for them? Help empower them to see what it it would look like to live on the other side of that. Those emotions are so heavy and they zap your energy and they push you down. So we've got to give them a vision, a mental rehearsal of what it looks like in the future to have a different version of themselves. Right. And really help them identify what is it that they really desire in their life and what it's been like up until now. Heavy burdened and heartbroken and devastated. You have forgiven whoever did that to you. And I have at this point, no ill will towards the people. That's freedom. Yes. And that's really what I want for everybody. When you said, can I forgive myself? Because there's a level of what did I do wrong to deserve a life like that? Forgive yourself, forgive others, but to remind them that they will never forget. It's okay that they can't forget it, but they could choose daily to forgive it. And that in itself is a lot of power. What's your coaching look like? Well, my coaching does look like um, what I call five steps to transformation. It's kind of like a a journey, right? And we might go in a different direction, but we really kind of step back and take a look at what it is they want or where they're coming from. We got to step back and get distance between the problem and themselves. And then after we step back and look at it and they get to tell their story and identify the hurt and the pain and the sadness and suffering that happened or how they've lost their power in it, then I do walk them through a letting go. And it could be multiple things that they need to let go. And then finding their belief 
imprint and re-imprinting a new belief system for them. Anchoring those new beliefs really help reflect the true self, the new person that they want to become. And then I help them take empowered actions. What do they need to do each week to move them into an empowered action to really let that go and let it be a new story for themselves? Mm -hmm. So in my coaching, I call it the three-legged stool. They need accountability and they need support and they need a system, which the system is usually what empowered actions they need. Or maybe the system is I need a body code coach or an emotion code coach, or maybe I need to go take my power back and go kickboxing and get all my frustration out. Whatever systems we collaborate together, that would be helpful to help move that energy, to move that story to the other side of what they want themselves to be showing up in this world. was and am the youngest of six kids there's only four of us left and I know all about hey look at me <laughs> aren't I doing a good job mm-hmm. still to this day I don't know if they're behind the scenes cheering me on but well I know they are but for so long needed more from them than they were required to give or that they should have to give it was just needy me <laughs> and so. What about your childhood do you think led to a life of your people pleasing or whatever you consider flaws that needed to be fixed? Not necessarily flaws, but character traits that you wished you hadn't brought into, you know, your lifetime of. Well, self-abandonment begins in childhood. And it's likely that your parents, my parents or influencing adults in our life didn't meet our emotional or even physical needs in childhood. They abandoned us emotionally or physically and really causing us to feel unloved and unworthy. So it began there. So then we repeat those types of patterns from childhood because they're familiar. Mm -hmm. We repeat those patterns with friends who mistreat us and take advantage of us and don't support us. And we do the same to ourselves. I realize and have grace for my parents. I was the youngest of eight, Mm -hmm. you know, we moved around. We're a military family. You know, it was more like sit up straight, stand tall, do it right, you know, type of mentality. And by the eighth child, they were pretty tired. Right, right. And so could I be a victim of the short end of the stick? Yes. And would some of my siblings say, oh, no, you were a spoiled rotten brat, right? You got most out of everything than all of us. But it's all in those early years of how we perceive ourselves. And that's some of the techniques I use when you're unpacking beliefs is going back to that wee little child and seeing what that child perceived the world to be at those earliest ages. And I do have forgiveness that they did the best job they could with the tools that they have. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's what I live by so that I can be in forgiveness. Right, right. That's what I think. And just realize that I want to do different than that. There's so many reasons I can think of that my mother was the way she was. She ran away at 15 and got married. So she had none of those tools. And by the time I came along, I was the sixth kid in nine years and three fathers. And then she was single when I was one. 
But what made me really forgive her, not only do I understand, but I only had two children as a single mom and I couldn't feed the need either. I couldn't be everything I wanted to be. I did the best I could. I really, really, really tried. I still failed. And so of course she was going to fail with so much more against her. You know, just parenting really helped me forgive my parents. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I hope that my children have children so that they can forgive me someday. Mm -hmm. But the important thing to know about self-abandonment is it's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. It's a way that we tried to cope with unhealthy and dysfunctional family dynamics. So that's why we need to go all the way back, right, to those earlier years. So me helping them unpacking their beliefs from that wee age. And then that's where that step back phase is in the transformation. Where did that come from? And I didn't realize how much unworthiness was controlling my entire world. And therefore, if I don't feel worthy, I'm going to abandon myself because what's the use? 57-year-old Anna gets to stand in front of that five-year-old Anna and tell her what she would want her to hear. That is so impactful because you realize how much you've grown. And you just want to scoop up that little five-year-old and just love them and hug them and give them the best opportunity that they can. And you can re-imprint that belief. It's been life-changing for a lot of my clients to be able to let go. That's how they've been able to let go. Do you have a mission or a purpose? Yes, my mission is to empower women to stop self-abandonment and to live the best versions of themselves. My name of my company, Life's Harmony, is to help them learn how to live in a world where emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually, it is harmonious, which doesn't mean that it isn't playing louder in some areas of their lives at their time, but it's not like a huge clanking cymbal where it was for me and my body and my emotions that was clanking emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. I was so off. And so I like to get them in harmony in all of those areas. But you've got to be willing to say yes and take your power back because you literally have given up your power if you've abandoned yourself. Do you think most people have done that? have abandoned themselves or in some way disassociated? Is that kind of what abandonment looks like? No, abandonment really looks like our way of being in this world. When I talk about codependent relationships, not speaking up for yourself, people pleasing, not trusting your instincts. Mm. I think at some level and sometimes in our lives, we do put a lot more attention on others than ourselves. But self-abandonment to me is where we've picked up these ways of being that are destructive in our life. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking because you keep saying self-abandonment and I can see by what you're saying that those are things I've done, but I don't know if I would have associated myself with self-abandonment. Yeah, sometimes people think that if they are disassociated or overworking themselves or needing a timeout, then they call it self-care. Like, oh, I need to go get more massages or I need to meditate more or I need to do more IMs and make myself feel better. 
But that's not getting to the core reason of why you're not caring for yourself and why your harmony is way off and your life seems so chaotic and like clanking cymbals. So your research has showed is that this is abandonment, these things. It's not that I didn't have good self-care. It's that I was living in a world of pleasing others all the time and had to be perfect. And all of those were driven because I wasn't getting to the core values of what were was really bothering me from underneath. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thank you for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.